Welcome to Let's Face the Facts, the rewatch podcast for the classic sitcom, The Facts of Life. Join us each week as we synopsize, analyze, criticize, and ultimately idolize the show. And now, here's your host of Let's Face the Facts, the wonderful David Almeida! Thank you, Matthew Arter. Welcome back. It's another week, another show. Thank you for downloading and pressing play. This week, Matthew and I welcome Jamie Lynn Marcus back to the podcast. It has been a hot minute since I have been able to pin this lady down, and thankfully we were able to make it all work out schedule-wise, and we are thrilled to have her, and uh, as I said last time, she is a super fun, funny, talented, incredible, gorgeous, awesome human being, and I just adore her. We are going to be discussing Season 9, Episode 15, A House Divided, which had an original air date of January 30th of 1988. Are you ready to jump on in? Let's face the facts with Jamie Lynn Marcus. Welcome back to the show, Jamie Lynn Marcus. Yay, thanks for having me back. Hello, it's so great to see your face again. (laughs) We did, uh, I did get to actually see you, I've seen you a couple of times during or since the pandemic, but... Uh, yeah. It's. It seems like a good long time since we walked out of Hollywood Studios on March fifteenth of twenty twenty for that that two week shutdown that was supposed to happen <laughs> for the pandemic yeah, to pass. When we were coming back on April Fool's Day, yeah, yeah, that was totally <laughs> going to happen the whole time. Worst joke ever. <laughs> <laughs> Matthew was also here. Hey, Matthew. Hello, Jamie Lynn, my twin sister. <laughs> So good to see you. I'm so happy to see you. Did you you play? Did you say that your characters were twins at Citizens of Hollywood? Oh, yeah, yeah. Wink and Evie I, were twins. I made that up just so I would get to work with her more. Oh, <laughs> it very worked. Smart. It did work. Very nice. <laughs> yep. Has- well, we have a we have an episode to discuss this week. Yes. It's and an episode. It's an episode and it it, it exists. And I, mm-hmm. I believe we can say without any question, we watched it. Yes, I did. I Twice, actually. Did, oh, my God. I did. I did. I had to, to verify. That doesn't pay extra. You know that, right? <laughs> well, I know. I know. That short-term memory problem. I, I need to, to refresh myself. I, I listened to it mostly the first time around and then I... I watched it for all the the juicy tidbits that I might have missed. And I was kind of disappointed about the juicy (laughs) tidbits. It's too bad because you were last with us, Jamie Lynn, in September of 2019. It's been over three years since you sat at my dining room table with me in my grand room back when we did this in person. And we got to watch Runaway. Yeah. That episode was... That was a BM episode before Matthew. And Matthew, that's the one where Tootie uh, ends up in the diner and is almost recruited into uh, a life of sex work. I believe my favorite moment was when Tootie finally wakes up, when finally comes the dawn. What is going on when the waitress is like, bitch, are you an idiot? (laughs) So when Tootie goes back to the girl and says, 
to her, you don't have to put on this act anymore. I know what you're doing. I'm not that stupid. And you and I together both went, yes. You, yeah, yeah, you are. <laughs> you are You are really that stupid. You really, you, you had no idea about Purple Pocket Square Man right there behind you. Being <laughs> all <laughs> Can't forget yeah. that. <laughs> She's got the look. I want her. And it's like, what, what look? Can you what tell him a pimp and purple on? 14 year old Tootie with her fucking braces. Really? That's the look you think dudes. Okay. Wow. I guess you know your clientele better than we do. Oh, what a fine young woman Tootie grew up to be in the three years absence that I've been, been to get to season. What are we? Nine? Nine yeah. now? And that one was season three. So this is six years down the road. In, in her timeline. Good. That was that was my question. How old are they exactly at this point? Um, oh, are you asking about the ages of the characters, yes, Jamie? I did not. I, I'm sorry. Did I, <laughs> did I trigger something? Oh, I'll see you in an hour. <laughs> Can I, I obsess the... <laughs> over the ages of the characters. And uh, yeah. Matthew, Matthew finds it, uh, finds it. What's the word I'm trying to say? Uh, lugubrious. Oh, so uh, hey, thank you, Beverly Ann. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <clears throat> let's just go to that. Blair and Joe are both 23. Okay, oh, they are okay. both college graduates. Joe is now working at a help community center. Her first year out of college. Blair in her first year out of undergraduate school is in her first year of law school. Yeah, gathered that, all the books. Yeah, uh -huh. Natalie uh -huh. is 20. She uh -huh. did... Uh, she did take two years off to work after she got out of high school. So even though she is 20, she's a freshman in college. Okay. And Tootie is 19. She is oh. a sophomore in college. Okay. She's only 19. She is All 19. Right. Kim okay. Fields in real life is 18. So she's playing only, she's playing one year older. There was a time she was playing two years older. And this is this is the uh, era of the 80s where all young teenage and 20 something year olds looked like they were in their mid 50s. Yes. With very young faces. So I was I was a bit confused with every, yep. everybody looked like they were going to the office at one point. And I went, <laughs> oh, no, that's that's just their fashion. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Was it Ken Reed who said they all look like first ladies? Yes. Yes. <laughs> They're all dressed like first ladies. <laughs> it's like, how old are they? Are they pushing 30? Yeah. They, they said something about children in the very beginning of the episode. And then the kid walked in. I was like, oh, is that one of their? Oh, no. <laughs> Does Blair have a 14 year old? <laughs> I don't remember how far this went in their season. Uh -huh. So, yeah. So that's where we are. So okay. with uh, in the show, of course, talk of Tootie and her fiance, Jeff, that's because she yes. is 19. And so that's a little more upsetting. It's it's a, it's appropriate. But yeah, at the same time, when you realize we've been watching her since Tootie was 12, but Kim Fields yeah. at the time was 10. Yeah. Little girl. Nine, if you count the backdoor pilot from Different Strokes the previous year. So we've, we've been seeing her. Technically, she's been playing this role for a decade. So before we get too far ahead of ourselves, oh, yeah. the episode we're going to be discussing is season nine, episode 15, called A House Divided, which had an original yeah. air date of January 30th, 1988. And uh, it was written by Mark Tuttle. This is his final of three episodes. 
He wrote last week's episode called Peak Skill Law, and his first one was Arose by Any Other Age. And he is an executive script consultant for the entire season. So he is in the writer's room and contributing, even though we don't see actual writing credits from him. And the episode was directed by John Boab. That's your nuts and bolts. Jamie Lynn, I don't know if I was doing this when we last met, but now is the time of the show where we like to put our guest on the spot. Oh, God. And (laughs) ask you. If you could please provide a one to two sentence synopsis of the entire episode, similar to just the listing you might find in a TV guide. Oh, okay. Uh, On this episode of The Facts of Life, the girls quickly learn the, the devastating result of social class wars within their love lives. And I love that you delivered that as William Shatner, 100% appropriate. Bravo. Or how quickly it is to become a complete and total bitch to your best friend over some dude. That mm. would probably be the more appropriate. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's uh, pretty awful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is just that's my that's my pre-review of this episode is just. Uh... Yeah. All I wrote down was Joe can't fix a bike. <laughs> oh my god I, I did i had that question oh my god. too wasn't that the whole big thing about her whole appearance in the very first episode that she appeared in i fix motorcycles <laughs> if you repair. knew how many times since you since you last enjoyed the show and i'm i'm operating under the assumption that you have not gone back and watched every episode between that last one and now no no she has not <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that breaks my heart. You missed Edna's Edibles, where she ran a, a drug front. Um, you've missed Over Our Heads. We just it's, saw the Over Our Heads for the last time. The Spencer's Gifts I, that they opened. Why I can oh. go back and listen to every one of these episodes of the podcast. That's right. And you're just waiting for us to finish out the entire series before yes. you begin. So I can binge it all in one day. Yeah, you know, that's funny. The complete all, that's what all of my friends are telling me that they're going to do. That's so interesting. Everybody says that. But if you knew how many times we had Joe with the carburetor and a, an oily rag wiping <laughs> it down, I got to repair to my bike. I got to just and, like her. And so thank you. I'm a professional yeah. actor. I know. And she would have it up in the bedroom with her. Like anywhere in the house, it's like you, you couldn't clean your carburetor out in the garage where your fucking bike is. I bet that is what she calls it. <laughs> <laughs> Just gonna go up here and clean my carburetor. Yeah. <laughs> up in the bedroom with Blair. Oh. So she um, did say though, she did um that episode of Mondays with Mindy. And it was funny because one of the questions Mindy asked her was, what are what is something that people are surprised to find out about you? And she said, so I know nothing about automotive anything mm-hmm. <laughs> that yeah. I can that I actually know what a carburetor or a screwdriver is. <laughs> <laughs> so true. Mm-hmm, yes, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. true. Uh, so we do have kind of an A story and a B story going on in this episode. Yeah. So as we often do on this show, we are going to tackle the B story first. Oh, okay. So uh, in this, Joe, yeah, Joe clearly can't repair her bike. She took her bike to a bike shop. The dude says he did a repair. She paid him $200 and then her bike still isn't working. And Mm -hmm. so because he gives her some pushback and she doesn't want to have to go and fight it out with him, 
Blair suggests she stop payment on the check, which she does. And then the dude ends up taking Joe to court. And he does actually come to the house because, you know, you go to the house of the person yeah. that you're suing. That was very confusing. When does your mechanic show up at your front door to collect a payment? Yeah. Or tell you that your check bounced. And when the A story is happening in the living room, it's like, well, why don't I invite you into my kitchen so we can discuss it further? He does exit out of the of the kitchen like a, a natural person would when they come in the front door, just yeah. go out the side door when they leave. Yeah. It is natural. <laughs> yes, it's just so fucking weird. But still still in his his little uniform as well, covered in grease. So we all knew he was a mechanic. Yeah. In case you weren't sure. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then we had this trope last week. We had this trope again. Well, Joe, it's your day in court. So let's pretend, let's play act. Beverly Ann, you be the judge and I'm going to be the attorney. We don't have this set. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We don't have the set and we never do see it. Yeah, no. But we do this kind of awkward, painful, unfunny enactment of in court. Cloris Leachman is trying. God bless her. She's got the meat tenderizer hammer slamming it on the cutting board like she's the judge. And it's not a not a very good Beverly Ann episode. She has very little yeah. to do here. There was they tried to give her one funny thing about chickens. <laughs> poorly misplaced, weird story. Mm -mm. If, yeah. if, if we are going to, to comment on that scene in the B story, Blair walked away with that scene. Oh, yeah, she did. When she was pretending to be scratching her ass and she yes, called yes. on Lisa Why was <laughs> she, she chose Southern. Like, is, isn't he yeah. like this New York mechanic? Why is but she a hillbilly? Lisa Welchel's from Texas, and that does sneak on in so often in the show where she'll let go and have a, you know, I'm having a great time. It's like, yeah. what? Yeah. I loved her in that scene, though. Every choice she made, like putting her, uh, wiping her nose with her sleeve, <laughs> scratching yeah. her ass. I was like, come through, Lisa yes. Welchel. Yeah. Yes. And she looks exceptionally gorgeous. Yes, she does. That was my favorite. This is who I want to grow up and look like version of Lisa Welchel. Didn't her, we all? She was God in her supreme damn. hair. Supreme yes. hair moment. No, she hasn't been curling her hair much this season. She's been letting it no. kind of go straight or the, wearing it up. Kind of the Farah. Yeah, the, she had the curls giving it some volume and some body. But then there was that, the, the side part, they had it pulled oh, yeah. up, rolled and clipped away. Oh, yeah. To give a thing. So very 80s, but so flattering and out of her face. Gorgeous. And she also had a slightly smokier eye. But it also had some shimmer highlight on the lids. Like she she yeah. almost had a cut crease. She was looking very tan, very, very glowy, dewy skin. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Matthew, look. Matthew, what are you what are you reacting? I'm seeing you visually doing things. Well, you've got a woman and a professional drag queen on here. And <laughs> neither one of us were like, you know, there's a smokier eye and there's some glitter on her crease. Okay. I did notice. I, I did notice that she looked extra. It famous. was it was an exceptionally pretty look gorgeous. for Lisa Welchel, who always looks gorgeous. And I was like, yes, what, it, is she prettier in this episode than I've ever fucking seen her? Holy well, shit. But honestly, because again, I haven't seen them grow to this point. So I was honestly surprised. I'm like, oh, look at everybody grew into themselves. And I hadn't really seen them as full adults and they're gorgeous women. Like all of them look yeah. extra beautiful. But then you have Joe with, <laughs> with like the most 80s 
rocker teased out hair. I'm like, oh my God. Oh, the hair. Yeah. Oh, all you of missed the, the mullet years. I don't miss the mullet years. Yeah. I'm, I'm and fully when I say you the missed the mullet years. years, you didn't miss anything. Really. No, I'm glad that I missed that part. And I just saw her go into full, like, uh, slayer teased yeah. out hair. Yeah. Girl loved a banana clip. <laughs> Did you all notice when she walked in the door, the very first thing Blair says to her when Joe walks in is, How's your cold? And then they say absolutely nothing about it ever again while just... she has the most <laughs> terrible sick voice the entire episode. Yeah. And I that was a reason I had to go back to watch it a second time. I'm like, what did she always sound like that? But I appreciated <laughs> that they acknowledged it. Me too. I don't think that was written in. <laughs> like, so everyone, she's here. She's feeling better. Her voice sounds like shit. Yeah. So we're just going <laughs> to We're just going to give her a cold. Yeah. Yeah. But then I'm thinking, because then it's like, we're in this, this story beeline and she's going to go to court. First of all, how long does it take for you to get an appointment in court? Oh uh, my God. My comment. <laughs> Big day in court. It was yesterday. <laughs> and she's still sick. Still and she sick. still got the cold. Yeah. Okay. No voice. Yeah, the the plausibility just keeps getting worse and worse in this. So to, to finish out the, the plot of this is that there is a allegedly a day in court. And when they come back, Blair has basically acted as her attorney. Blair's kind of a butt in ski with this and Joe is annoyed by it, but they do win the case. And so Joe gets back her two hundred dollars, at which point Blair presents her with a bill. For $500 for legal fees. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget, though, the mechanic did come back and try to make a deal mm -hmm. out of court. She was like, no, go fuck yourself and suck yeah. a bag of dicks, you shit stain. Yeah, she said exactly that. Yeah, actually. verbatim. Yeah. yeah. But Blair I might, was. I might be paraphrasing. I'm not sure. Uh, but we have to, in this storyline, we cannot leave this storyline without acknowledging the cereals they are eating in the morning at breakfast. Yes. Both of you, your hands both went up. Okay. We that. got this is cereal talk with David, Matthew, and Jamie Lynn. Yeah. All right. Um, Somebody make a cereal comment. Go. Fiber on. Or was it actually fiber one? Because it looked like we covered the E and made it fiber on so they didn't have to pay them. Funny you mention that. That is apparently one of the favorites of the young girls at, at, in. In this fiber household, on. Jamie Lynn, those girls, they need that fiber. They are they're, regular as clockwork. Oh, my God. Their toilet, their plumbing must be wrecked on a daily <laughs> basis. <laughs> Considering the health food that Beverly Ann supposedly cooks all the time. But uh, fiber on. And it looked like the other one. They just took a magic marker and scribbled <laughs> out. The words of it. What, Do you know what it looked know, like, though? Did you did you have any theories? I have a theory. It looked but... like Honey Nut Cheerios to me. Correct. Oh, is that what it was? It looked. Yeah. That's what it looked like. To they me. mentioned they mentioned it being sugary. Yeah, I assumed it was something like. Yeah, but what I did notice on that cereal box was the ad, <laughs> the sign, and I just faintly saw the picture on the back of the box where you could get a free Star Trek poster, and it was like. They're doing all this stuff to blot out like, logos what? and not have to pay royalties. And then the cereal box is in profile with a clear Star Trek logo. Very obvious Star Trek. 
Like, okay, all right. That's and more than that, was that, I wanted to know what fucking Star Trek poster are you going to get in January of 1988? Ah, thank you for asking, David. Yeah. Did you do this, some research, Matthew? This is why I love my dear friend Aaron, who is a Star Trek self-described Star Trek nerd. Mm-hmm. I took a the wonderful of- Aaron Chapman. Yes, I took a picture of the screen and sent it to her. And just as a, oh, look, what's on here? This is funny. You'll enjoy it. It's a Star Trek reference. She texted back. And I'm going to, she won't mind me quoting. No. Um, but she texted back. This was before, oh, the Artemis thing. So I got to go back a little bit. Yeah. Um, but um, she texted back. That's the first season of the next generation oh and she included a picture i should send it to you david of the cheerios box oh that so says it was cheerio when an because you can get the the poster is on the side but on the back it says win an appearance on star trek the next generation contest oh shut up or one of 75,000 Enterprise or- D re- replicas, stickers, plus bonus mail away poster. Who would ever? And it's, it, yeah, Je- um, the Star Trek The Next Generation took the airwaves by storm in 1987. Oh. And General, General Mills ramped up the advertising for him. So. <laughs> oh, yep. I am so glad you mentioned it. And thank you, Aaron, for that information, because it didn't even occur to me that it had to do with the TV show. I was looking at this going, what the fuck Star Trek are they promoting? Because this was filmed in September of 87, broadcast in January of 88. Well, the last movie was Star Trek IV: The Voyage Home. That was 86. Star Trek yeah. V, The Final Frontier, wouldn't be released till June of 89. It's still a year and a half away. So I'm like, well, I didn't well, realize it crossed over like that. So, yeah, I was just like, wait, what? Huh? So it made no sense to me, but uh, it didn't even occur to me that that uh, TNG, as the kids call it, yes. had just premiered. Did, did they air on the same channel? No, um, it was it was in syndication. So, so it was an it was an accidental advertisement for Star Trek on that cereal box exactly because it was just on that cereal box. Yeah, That's I will awesome. bet they did not intend wondering. for the side panel of that box to be shown because they went to such lengths to, like you said, just look like they just yeah, fiber on just covered up the Honey Nut Cheerios and fiber on. This is probably the sixth time we've seen the fiber on easily. It's, it is a it is a regular part of their meals (laughs) oh no yeah okay i am so happy i also loved and i just it made me think the little sexist things that our society has done for example skim milk was always growing up for me anyway and on this show was always in a pink container it was yeah yep because it was. skim milk, only girls drink. And Tab, the first diet drink, pink cans. Mm-hmm. Like, just come on. Really, America? Really? Yeah. Uh, anyway. Because yeah. women needed a diet. It's yeah. Inches off those thighs, bitch. Hey. Hey. What? Uh, I wasn't talking to you, Jamie. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, that wasn't directed at you. Took it personally. Because- <laughs> 
That's my internal voice. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm sorry if you felt attacked. So not my intention. I relate to it too much. So <laughs> moving on, skin milk and all. Yeah. Yeah. Coming from a person <laughs> who should also be having skim milk in his what? coffee instead of cream. Oh. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So uh, Jesus, I think put some almond milk in that, for God's sake, that is cow milk. It's not for you. Mm hmm. I, I know. I know I should. <laughs> I'm, I am overdue True. for a complete diet overhaul. I am back up to my my heaviest weight right now. And I'm ugh. It's, it's the worst time of year to kind of discover that when you're like, oh, oh yeah. Oh, holidays. Let me, let me eat all of my Like, like I'm going to go start dieting now. Like I'm really going to try to improve my, you know, oh, no. You want the Thanksgiving turkey and the stuff? Nope. Going to have my rotisserie <laughs> chicken and broccoli. No. No. You could have some toad in the hole. <gasps> <laughs> I'm David. glad you mentioned that. Because it was the first, what I like to call, Jamie Lynn, uh -huh. what I like to call a punchable Pippa moment. Okay, yeah, Pippa. When she says toad in the hole, I was like, punch her out, I'm done. Okay. Already. Mm -hmm. I thought she said, with her, you know, very clear accent, when I first heard it, I thought she said turd in the hole. <laughs> and I was like, uh, um, excuse me, what? And then I had to listen to it again. I went, oh, toad in the hole. And then immediately had to research what that was. Yeah. And I, I did too. And were, were you sorry also? I was, you know what? No, no, no. Not after I really looked into it. I was like, okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just, it's, it, if you don't mind me explaining, it's. Please. It's bangers in Yorkshire pudding, basically. So it's the British pigs in a blanket. Yeah. Gravy. Yeah. It but sounds... it's supposed to look like toads jumping through crevices because that's a cute way to describe food. Yeah. In some Brought circles, the... in cultures, toad in a hole is the, uh, the, is a, you know, bird, bird in a nest. It's, it's the egg in the middle of the toast. That's the American version. Right. But you know, the Australian 100% is what you just yeah. Uh, described. Yeah. I pulled up some pictures online. Uh, <laughs> words that did not come to my mind were, I want to eat that. <laughs> I, I don't saw, know what well, you guys I found, thought. I found one recipe of it that actually, I'm like, okay, okay. I can understand this now. That didn't look bad. Yorkshire pudding is pretty good. Yeah. What, now, what is Yorkshire awesome. pudding? Exactly. I forget. Yorkshire pudding is basically like um, a savory little pancake dough. Puddings mm -hmm. are, I mean, I, I wouldn't, how would you describe, if I was on the Great British Baking Show, I would have these beautiful words for it. it, it, it think of, okay, David, think of. Um, Yorkshire pudding is kind of like bread pudding meets cornbread. Oh, okay. Like if bre yeah. I, 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 that's the best way you I can kind oil of... the shit out of a cupcake pan. Yeah. <laughs> or in the batter, which is a lot like pancake batter yeah. when you consistency, when you, when you pour it in and then it kind of fries up on the sides and billows up yeah. into like kind of cup shapes. Oh, so there's a lot of egg in it. And then the egg kind of expands. So there's gotta be a lot I've of always... egg in it used a box version of it and it was that's why it reminded me of pancake mix so much but it's kind of like a sweet and savory bready consistency and usually you have it with some sort of gravy a brown gravy and a pot roast <gasps> is, is kind of like yeah. the, the i was thinking dish. when i when i looked up toad 
in the hole. I was thinking, you know, it would be the best thing to put on this. A nice room temperature hollandaise. Well, see, that that would have uh, really, really sealed the deal there. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Look, at least it wasn't spotted dick. Mm, oh, had too many of those. Fool me twice. Shame on me. But that was the joke they wanted to use. You know, you <laughs> know, that's what they wanted. And the censors were like, nope. I can't. I don't think we can say that. So have we exhausted everything that we wanted to talk about in this B story? I hope because we um, still have got yeah. to tackle <sighs> this A story. I literally have three lines because it's a 2D centric episode oh, yeah. with some Natalie thrown in and Jeff is there. So Jeff. I was really like just kind of watching it like I don't I, it, uh, I don't uh. I started it felt to like middle age problems. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The longer form synopsis of the A story is that Tootie and Natalie are preparing a dinner and in the expositional talk that you have with your friends. It's like, can you believe this is the first time the four of us are ever sitting down? I know yeah. it's crazy. How long have they been dating? This is my other question. She's engaged. So Natalie knows Jeff. They've met. Yeah. They're just their significant others haven't. We only met <laughs> Snake a few weeks ago, but Snake had been around about a year before that. Okay. So Snake is is newish, but they're heavily Snake is involved. newer than Jeff. Jeff Tootie dated when they were younger a few seasons ago, and then they went off and he was <clears throat> off the show and then they brought him back and decided okay. to keep him. Jeff is to the facts of life, Jamie Lynn, what I like to think Miles was to Golden Girls. Oh, gotcha. He was the one consistent boyfriend for yeah. every, for all, for all the girls. And he was only in like five or six episodes, but he yeah. was the consistent, like the, there had to be one person that was dating the same person because she's been dating him since like sixth grade or something like that. And now that? they're engaged instead of, so yeah. they're the, yeah. she's the first one to get engaged Correct. All of them. Okay. Yes. And next but, week, Natalie will be the first one to get her ticket punched. I did see that. I jumped ahead because I was trying to figure out how long they were in the relationship and saw that that was the first episode they did that. And I went, oh. Yeah. And then, and then immediately was like, but she looks almost 30. They're not, they haven't, <laughs> they haven't done that. How long have these two been dating? They really seem like they're together. Yeah. Okay. It's probably okay, like it a year and a half. She she and Snake yeah. have probably been together a year and a half as yeah. of now and next week when they finally decide to do it. Because they are talking at the beginning of this, like we're, we're getting married and this is the guy we're going to be spending our lives with and mm -hmm. it's this forever. Yeah. So can you believe we've never actually sat down and had a dinner with the four of us together? And yeah. Jeff and Snake have actually never met. Isn't that the weirdest thing? Well, let's all have a great time tonight, because what could possibly go wrong? We're best friends. They're going to be best friends. That's exactly. how it works. Uh -huh. So then we do have the return, the second appearance of Robert Romanus as Snake. This is yeah. his second of four appearances. You recognized him, of course, Jamie Lynn. I did. I did. But from Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Ding, ding. But that's wasn't his... he, um, did he appear in the very first episode wearing like leather and, and shredded up jeans or looking uh, anything like somebody who named Snake would look like? You would think, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah, because I heard Snake is her boyfriend. I'm like, what? And then he walks in the door and I went. And the fact, Jamie Lynn, you've missed <laughs> the fact that this is only the second time we've seen him. Okay. He is, he's been one of those like um, Vera on Cheers. 
where we talked about him for a fucking year and built him up to think he was going to look exactly like that. And then this dude walks in. <laughs> like, yeah. why is he dressed like Tim Allen? He's just wearing a plaid shirt, some pressed pleated khaki pants. Mm -hmm. What was the casting I... notice? What was the casting notice no, for Snake? I... He looked they've like just, he smelled good. <laughs> they built this character. Why would they write on the casting notice? Um, humble. Nice, uh, laid back, yeah. laid back AF. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> completely. Mm. But he looked really clean. He looked but, very, very. Put but together. the advocate for the working man. Well, because and... they make a. I mean, even when he shows up, he looks very neatly dressed. I, I even looked at his shoes. I'm like they're not like work boots or something. They they match his pants. He's wearing a belt. <laughs> He's tucked in. His hair looks clean. He honestly looks like he would smell like aqua velva or something. But you know, and they they make it out like, oh well, thanks for getting dressed up for our dinner. Yeah. Well, that's because we know he drives a truck and or lays tar with the road crew. Oh, so, but he doesn't drive a truck. He drives a beat up old convert a convertible. That yeah. No, I'm sorry, professional truck driver for oh, his job. Oh, oh. He did that, but no, no, that's yeah, no, he has he this does. beat up old convertible. Yeah. And uh, so what we're doing is then we bring in. Jeff Todd Hollowell returning as Jeff. This is his sixth of eight appearances in this. Oh role. my God, he's in two more. Two more. <laughs> well, he's going to be there for Joe's wedding, and then we have the episode where uh, his grandmother gives a necklace or something to Tootie, then yeah. Pippa loses it. Yeah. Right. So yeah, yeah, we do have those two more. I don't um, mind him as an actor. I just don't like the way they changed his character completely. Yeah, I changed it. Well, yeah. he, when we met him, he couldn't read. Oh, and now he's completely. <laughs> wait, what? No. Okay. Now that <laughs> I'm immediately mad. <laughs> that was and... a delayed reaction. That was amazing. Oh, Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> now he's on a full scholarship for oh. microbiology to Penn oh. State. Oh, mm -hmm. okay. Which I yeah. need to look up. Is Penn State known for their microbiology? No, it's it's not microbiology. It's 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 water. It's marine marine biology. Marine, marine biology. Marine biology. What did uh, I say? You said micro penises. <laughs> you said microbiology. It's marine yeah, biology. I mean, yeah. Same I was thing. thinking micro penis. Aren't we always? And here's the other thing: we don't really we we do touch upon it at least <laughs> much as I hate to credit the writing of this show. They haven't changed the characters that much he is at penn state on a football scholarship oh. so he's a football player so if i am but he's highly intelligent if i'm five foot six robert romanus i'm gonna pick a fight with the six foot tall football player black guy really who's wearing a very nice suit and is very highly educated unlike that schlump of a guy named snake yeah. Who seems very restrained with his emotions and speaks very calmly. And they're just opinions. Um, and, and they clearly what what all people for if you haven't seen the show, what it leads up to is we've got an odd couple here. We've got the working guy who's rolling up his sleeves and in the trenches every day. And then you've got uh, the other one who's dressed up in his nice 1980s tie and jacket who goes to college on a scholarship and uh, they don't get along and neither of them is smart enough to 
uh, what's the phrase I'm looking for? Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Jesus. I had very little problem with that, David. We are gay men. These are two straight men and one of them is five, six. So yeah, I can see him being a little aggressive. But, but he wasn't the aggressive one. He no, just but I mean, made a you know passing I mean? comment. But he's not going to let this guy get the best of him. You know, but, he's going to keep mean, going. He's going to keep going because I don't know how many men who are five, six that, you know, David, uh, but I've been uh -huh. paid several <laughs> and they just never give up. Ugh. But can, can we not all just get along? Because clearly they're all there for their love of Springsteen. Right. <laughs> I mean, it was very obvious looking at all of them. Yeah. They were all and, super fans of, of Springsteen. Uh, yeah. I have to make a correction. Robert Romanus is five foot nine. So, oh, okay. but still, the fact yeah. is, Jeff is a very tall, imposing figure. And I guess you're right, Matthew. It is that straight guy thing of, of especially the working class guy of not going to let him get the best of me. Certainly not this fucking pretty college boy dude. Eh. You mean but, the guy that just learned how to read that was like, do you even know how to read books? Yeah. Do you even I, know how to? Jeff exactly. It's like, it. Jeff just turned into a giant douche to me. He's, I don't, I have no respect. <laughs> well, I feel like both of them because then later when Snake comes in, he's like, uh, you know, I really like your jacket. Really sets off your earring. Fag. Exactly. Implication. Faggot. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's like they both, I think they are both equally uh, dickiest toward each other. If, if I can invent a word. So I, I'm not walking away saying one of them was good and one of them was fine. Both of them could have just ha 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 let it slide because this is my girlfriend's best friend's boyfriend, and we're just I mean, me. We are just meeting. If this were a real experience in in the real world, if two dudes got to that point of anger without saying anything that angry, it was like two PBS hosts having a fight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dude about it. Well, I just believe the working class shouldn't be treated like shit. Well, I don't know what you mean. The working class are known to be thieves and robbers. Well, yeah. you know, that's kind of rude to my friends there, pal. <laughs> Nobody. Do you read anything more than comic? <laughs> like, oh, my God. Why? How is this turning into a heated argument? They're like, Yeah, there's no heat to this heated no, argument. No, You're right. Not at all. <laughs> when Robert Romanus is like, I gotta get out of here. I gotta get <laughs> on. That he was just talking about his career at the moment. <laughs> I didn't feel there was like no presence. That's what that and I wrote that down. I was like, what is it about him that I just don't understand? Because he's he's very natural, I kind in a way, you know yeah. what I mean? But his acting is on such a different, like they were like, did he take a Quaalude before? Well, he was, <laughs> I think because he wasn't given anything to emote off of. And yet their conversation had to build up to them hating each other over the fact that there was some shysty mechanic. And, and he yeah. even says in that first fight, he's like, well, not all of them are like that, but sure, there's people who are jerks. Everybody's in everybody's pr profession. There's somebody that's a jerk, right? Yeah. And then they just immediately go to the blows. Well, because he says, I'm sure there were jerks in your line of work if you worked. 
Yeah. That, you know, that college guy. boy. Yeah. I I didn't go to college because I thought I needed to be out there working and not <laughs> hiding behind a school. And it's, yeah. And, and again, get... for people who haven't seen it, what's going on is that they learn about the Joe and her mechanic troubles. So as they're commenting on this, uh, Snake is, of course, on the side of the mechanic, saying he's probably just a working stiff doing his best and he just didn't get to fix the bike. And then well, not even he's not even supporting that mechanic. I think that's what upset me the most. He's like, because Jeff's immediately like, oh, all mechanics are thieves. They should just, you know, what is it? Yeah. Give them all a gun and a mask or whatever. Yeah. And, and then <laughs> Snake's like, well, not all of them. I mean, they're just hardworking guys. Some of them can be dick, sure, but yeah. So he's not even defending that guy. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I, yeah, I guess. Yeah, you're right that there's not even that. An educated gentleman might respond. Oh, yeah, well, you're right. True. Not so, everybody's yeah. like So that. what are we having for dinner? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Or maybe this isn't maybe this isn't a hill I want to die on. Yeah. Three sentences into meeting my girlfriend's best friend's boyfriend. Mm -hmm. And that needs to be the title of an that's the oh, my God, Matthew. I know you like to do this at the end. Jamie Lynn, season yeah. nine is uh -huh. the season where they have tried so many different backdoor pilots. <laughs> so they were trying to keep the show going. I've heard about those. What? So, oh. Giggity. Yeah. <laughs> well, what's the backdoor pilot's name? <laughs> well. <laughs> so, but no, the backdoor pilots of them trying to create another series and of all the things. So Matthew smartly said, let's treat every episode in season nine as a backdoor pilot. <laughs> He's a genius. No one can refute yeah. that. So yeah. we look at everything and say, okay, look at this, this episode, this is now a backdoor pilot for a new series. It would be Tootie and Natalie. Both of them will marry their respective men. And uh -huh. the, I just realized the name of that series, Matthew, would be My Girlfriend's Best Friend's Boyfriend. That's the title of the series. My Girlfriend's Best Friend Boyfriend. Yes. But yes. somehow Jeff and Snake have to um, live together as roommates for a well, season. Well, four of them do. Yeah, they'll all end up living together, but they have yeah. to give it a test run and get used to each other living alone first. Yeah. And they're always hiding their fights from, from the girlfriends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, might, I might even just put them like in a duplex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With, a shared, I mean? with a shared door in between somewhere. Yeah. Something. yeah. Shared patio. <laughs> yeah. And then the big question is, of course, would you watch this series <laughs> after we've created it and made this premise based on this episode? Would you watch it? Oh, absolutely not. No, 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 mm -mm. <laughs> no, fuck no. Mm -mm. Uh, the mechanic also comes over out of the blue a lot. He just shows up on their front door. Yeah, like he does. Uh -huh. And the one point the, the probably one of the only laughs I had in the episode was in passing, Beverly Ann hands him one of the, is it the cheese puffs that they're making for the other room? And he says, oh, those are pretty good. And her response is like, like oh, really? You think so? Because Beverly Ann is known for being a terrible cook. And then later, after he leaves, they fight and he leaves kind of in a huff. And she says, should we have asked him to stay for dinner? I, Cloris Leachman, you sold me on that. The line is preposterous and you fucking made it work. You're a genius. So th maybe that could be the romance on the side of this backdoor pilot is the mechanic keeps showing back up at the house For her cheese and puffs. eating some cheese puffs. <laughs> and I think you know what I'm talking about.
<laughs> can we can we just bring up the the one line I don't where she was talking about the time she went to court for a traffic violation. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she just says it just involves a tractor, potholes, and some chickens. <laughs> Thank you, Rose Nyland, up in Saint Olaf. <laughs> what? We don't get stories like that. Beverly Ann was raised what? in Appleton, Wisconsin. Okay. And it's but, it's illegal. What is it? Chickens have the right of way in the country. <laughs> it's yeah. Like, like what? What happened to the tractor in the potholes? <laughs> but she delivers it so <laughs> deliberately. So and, like I believed that story happened to Cloris yeah. Leachman. Yeah. It was the most random insert <laughs> of a. <laughs> like, what? Beverly Ann is known for telling stories, Jamie. Uh huh. Uh -huh. And all the yeah. girls um hate them. Would yeah. you would you dare say there's a C plot in that Andy and Pippa both want to go to this sold out Springsteen. Springsteen concert? And I don't I again, you know in my heart I'm not a racist person, but I've been to a Springsteen's concert. <laughs> oh no, Jesus Christ. Stop. <laughs> like everybody in this house loves Springsteen. The uh -huh. uh, the audience. The audience at a Springsteen's concert is like David's pubes, all white. Oh, whoa, wait a minute. Wow. And over 40. Uh, I, I, had to, I, had, I had to get that joke in there. Come on. Um, but is that would that would you consider that a C plot, David? Not your pubes. Your, uh, um, but no, my, 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 there's, I mean, no, there's no plot or anything happening. Yeah, in that, my pubes. that was actually, oh, that was kind of a plot hole. You could say. <laughs> there's like, no hey, plot hole in my pubes either. That I'll would do be any <laughs> anatomically abnormal. But that would be very bizarre. So you're saying, Matthew, it's weird that Tootie and Jeff, as black people, would want to go to a Springsteen concert? How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> Just let that one drop all for you. <laughs> what are you saying? I think it. It. it I think it, the '80s yuppie um, vibe of the entire pre presence of everyone. None of them fit. In Bruce Springsteen in the '80s, the king of the working class. Yeah, that's the yeah. argument that they're having. It's about elitism in the working class david this is a very deep episode with layers oh oh okay snake is the only one that i could actually agree listen to springsteen snake i don't yeah. think i don't believe natalie's heard springsteen no she's seen the poster yeah she hasn't heard the music <laughs> uh, yeah and i'll and tell you the the theater gal tootie with two has 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 yet to experience a Springsteen's concert, but but they've all been to a spring. Did they? We've had multiple. Haven't we had at least two Springsteen concerts mentioned throughout the? I mean, back in the Eastland years, didn't I'm they? I'm sure we have. That would still make more sense then, though. With their eight, I don't know. I well, think I'm looking this up. Everybody looks like they're middle class bankers. And <laughs> they're all tooties, they're all tooties 40 year old like secretaries. Little, yeah. Little scarf pinned to her shoulder, getting ready to go to the Springsteen concert. I'm like, what? You mean after the office party? What? Yeah. And the press conference you're obviously yeah. going to be holding. Yeah. Yeah. He wore his <laughs> earring for the concert. I guess that was him yeah. loosening up. Oh, don't get Matthew started. She's ready to fire the whole board and replace him with a board who will approve. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> She isn't because she has controlling interest in Denver Carrington.
Yeah. <laughs> but uh, okay, so Born to Run was 1975. So Facts of Life started in 79. And when then was Back to the USA or whatever. Born in the USA the was 84. See, that's so, what yeah. he was still writing. And then off Tunnel of, of Love yes. was 87. Uh, has that one. Tunnel yeah. of Love, the singles were Brilliant Disguise, Tunnel of Love, One Step Up, One Step Up, Tougher Than the Rest, and Spare Parts. Those were the five singles, and I'm not familiar with any of those. You know who I, who is? Who? Jeff and Tootie. Jeff and Tootie, the Springsteen. Obviously. They got, he bought box seats. <laughs> oh, box seats. <laughs> As a very well-educated football player does. Well, we're going to the concert. We're going to the movies. And then he says, I'm getting, oh, enjoy the concert, Andy and Pippa. And he says, no, you can't do that. And Snake says, no, you can't do that. And then Jeff says, they're my tickets. Then why aren't you going to the concert? Yeah. They have to say, are they even sitting together? I would imagine. I'd be like, well, he said box seats, I believe, which I don't know how that works. I think he just means that these these two are ours that they're, they're our seats we paid for them i guess they they probably paid for their own uh, okay now, all right now we're into the that didn't of all the things that bother me in that episode that didn't even well they uh, didn't say anything with it like what was the kid's name pippa and andy pippa. pippa and andy he expressed at least he really wants to go and they just happen to be like here kids here's some tickets you're going now like yeah mm-hmm. awesome and then they leave so uh, how old are these children and why would they suddenly now be babysitting? They're like 14. I think he's 14 <laughs> and she's 16 or something. But but there is that lovely line where he says, Pippa kind of says, uh, I, I feel weird about taking these tickets. I think this is kind yeah. of the, this is this seems to be the product of a fight that's going on. And they Andy just goes, there. and Andy just goes, who cares? And they go, let's go tell Beverly Ann we're going. Bye, peace the out, end. bitches. <laughs> It's like uh, Tootie and Snake don't have to take you there if they don't want to. They've already yeah. expressed they don't want you, you kids going. This this is a Springsteen concert. This is for grownups only. You're minors. They're not going to let you in. <laughs> yeah, this is an adult only Springsteen concert. Actually, probably not. There are probably a Explicit lot of explicit lyrics. Yeah. Hip young 13 year olds. <sighs> yeah. So what we haven't talked about yet in this plot line is as is the awful TV trope of the boyfriends not getting along. We take it one step further where slowly it starts creeping in where Tootie and Natalie start fighting with each other. What do you mean slowly? It was like immediately they were (laughs) clawing out their eyes. Your boyfriend's wrong. No, your boyfriend's wrong, bitch. Yeah, I thought you said you were meeting Jeff at the restaurant. Why is he showing up here at the house? And Tootie's like, I can have him show up at the house. Why wouldn't I? My fiance, my she. Well, see, that's that was pissing me off about it. She kept pulling rank with fiance. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, look, bitch, you're what nineteen and you're engaged. Yeah, and doesn't Sorry, she even question. say you two are? You're just sneaking around. Sneaking around. <laughs> like, what does that mean? And earlier, when she says we're going to live together and our kids are going to be raised together, <gasps> and. There's something about judgy Ash Tootie's like, well, what, my what kids aren't going to play. My kids aren't allowed to play with your kids. If you're yeah. going to be unwed and have children out of wedlock, my children yeah. can't be. That's what it is. Natalie implied bastards. that she wants to have kids, but hey, Snake and I may not be married yeah. or whatever. And Tootie is just like, you fucking whore cunt. And <laughs> your children will be bastards. Shame. Yeah. Shame. <laughs> Shame. 
Shame. Uh-huh. All right, Tootie. Yep. Oh, by the way, she does say, David, um, that she's going to cancel her reservations. Where? At the Hudson Grill. <gasps> We've heard of the Hudson Grill before. Yep. Absolutely. Okay. You know what? So this is a good episode. The Hudson Grill might be right next door to the Hudson Valley Community Center. <gasps> wow. Mm. That's but is where it Joe works? But is it near the Wonderland Grill restaurant where Blair wanted to go and they misunderstood that she wanted an Alice in Wonderland themed party? It's probably right across from the restaurant that has the full orchestra. Yeah, the string well. quartet and the yeah. uh, high French cuisine. Because, you know, Peekskill, New York, food town. Yeah, yeah. food. a lot of foodies in well. Peekskill. <laughs> and then there's diners with pimps who wear purple pocket squares. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they had that set. Yep. But David, we also take another little sitcom trope that I didn't even think about being a sitcom trope of making your friends be your servants. Oh, oh, my God. I never thought of that. You are so right. Yeah. Holy shit. And when Tootie says, just leave the tray, dear. Thank you. Dear, <laughs> fuck right off, toots. She was exceptionally fucking rude to everybody, too. I don't know what the deal was with like Blair being there and having to sneak around. Like, we told you this right. is our night to be with our boyfriends. You can't be fucking seen, Blair. This, they know you. We all live together. We're <laughs> like, not, yeah. this is, you've met it's a everyone in the home. Yeah. Why are you in the living room? She's not seductively flirting with them. Or like, she's not plopping down and turning on the no. TV. Like she's going to watch a fucking show. It's like, okay, you want to steer clear? It's like, we all live here in this bizarrely laid out house. Yeah. This Winchester house where the dining room is near the store and the stairs, but not near the kitchen. And yeah, they, they, Blair literally is just walking in and, and politely and deferentially kind of trying to sneak around and take her books to the, and they still call her out. It's like, I'm being nice here, bitch. <laughs> just flat out tells her, well, could you hurry the fuck up? Could you just <laughs> get out? She also is not wearing shoes. Blair was not wearing shoes. I noticed that she was not. That's how casual it was. That's how she's sneaking around. Yeah. Cause you know, you're going to get comfortable all you're going to do is kick off your shoes. You're going to leave on your hose. You're going to leave on your, oh. your ankle length, probably yeah. rayon or linen skirt. <laughs> and the slip and the itchy slip. Yep. 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 You're going to yep. leave all that on. Just kick those shoes off, girl. Get comfy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And don't get Matthew started on. Typically, Tootie has hats on. Typically, Tootie's oh. ensembles have hats involved. And so you, so know, speak- you just sit at home with your hat on. Yeah, I don't know about you. I mean, if it goes with the outfit. Yeah. You come home from college and go into classes and I mean, you, you leave your hat and again, your hose and your heels. And Clearly you know, she dresses like yeah. she runs the, the uh, you know, the yeah. Bank of America at all times. Tootie's mm-hmm. walking around in heels and shoulder pads. Yeah. <laughs> at all that times. blue too, dress that she has? That dress. That was like Joan Crawford level shoulder pad them. <laughs> no, because she was the villain. She was the <laughs> villain at that point. I'm like, what are they doing with this dynasty shit right now? Oh my God. Uh-huh. 
Uh-huh. And then That's you have so Natalie, funny. who's you know, the working class lady, you know, easy yeah. with her opinions. The snarky one cracking on her fashion. Like, what is this? She's wearing a blazer and a plaid dress to her knees. She's wearing basically a jumper with a blazer over it. Yeah. yeah. And then Tootie's wearing the same dress with the the pleather shoulder pads. <laughs> well, I feel like I've gone through pretty much all of what I needed to say about this episode. Uh, what else do we want to say? Anything? Or we want to give our final thoughts? I did have one last thing, if I may, Jamie Lynn, and I'll you leave may. you to to perfectly end up um because i don't know if we've covered all your newts um the payoff for this episode was kind of wonderful with snake turning and ruining the ending of the movie that <laughs> i did moody and jeff were gonna go to that was great yeah. <laughs> that, was, that great. was really good oh that was a that was a great little button for the end of this episode his delivery on it was well done too. That was again, like he was very natural. And I think maybe that's what was so off-putting is nobody else felt natural. Because yeah. everybody else is playing a little more anime. Again, he's more of a film actor, technically. If you think yeah. of it, Robert Romanus was not a sitcom guy. He's yeah, more, he's doing he's, film acting and they are doing three camera com. They're yeah. doing three camera vaudeville. Yeah. But then all also portraying a villain to some extent. Everybody has it, Sort of, sort of with mm -hmm. with Natalie, but kind of everyone has their villain moment. Yeah, except for him. Really, oh, yeah. I mean, he, he kind of acts like a jerk, but again, he still just uh, seems I'll give natural. The, uh, calling Jeff a fag. I think we're we'll give that as his villain yeah. moment, saying a yeah. dude with an earring in 1988. And again, that was out of nowhere. That was hello, snake, come into the house. Oh hi, Jeff. Nice jacket. Goes with the earring. It's like, yeah. dude, he could snap you into like a twig. <laughs> yeah, but if if he's named Snake, mm, right? I mean, he's he's scrappy. He's, he's scrappy. Gotta be, he's scrappy. There's got to be a reason why he has the name Snake. Yeah. I mean, if then nobody ever discussed this, how did she meet a guy named Snake? It was when Natalie was working in the road crew herself. She was trying to find herself in working different odd jobs and temp jobs because so she didn't want to go to college right away. So that's where she met him. Snake was the, the cute guy laying the tar, as <laughs> yeah. it were. Yeah. Did you watch yeah. Family Ties? I did. Yeah. Watch on. Remember uh, Scott Valentine is Nick, Mallory's boyfriend. Hey. Cut. Didn't he have kind of like the big swoopy hair? Big swoopy hair. The kind of he big dumb the, one. The earrings, the big yeah, yeah, dumb yeah. one. Yeah, he had the big dangly ear. Yeah. That is who Snake should have been. Yes, that's what that. I expected to walk in the door. Mm -hmm. Or like you a guy with there who you know, something, tattoo, greasy hair, something yeah, about him. He like, had tattoos. Didn't he? They, they made an illusion of tattoo. I guess they're covered up. We can't see them. Well, I mean, I'm sorry. <laughs> Again, Snake. Yeah. I was thinking he was kind of like the dirty mechanic guy, whatever. Yeah. Clear, that's what they were going for. The 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 blue collar, hardworking. Yeah. Or a big know. bulge in his pants and a serpent going down the pant leg. Yeah. The completely shaved head with the tattoo, you know. Yeah. Nice skin head. Some kind of gutter punk. Something. Yeah. Neo-Nazi. That, that would have been more appropriate, I think. He doesn't mm. look like he'd be named Snake. No. At all. He doesn't sound like a person yeah. who'd be named Snake at all. No. So do we know, will we ever find out why he's called Snake? Do, do they explain that in the next one? Nope. 
Okay, nope. we need a good story why he's he was Snake. he was called Snake because know. of all the other stuff that they told us about him that we got the idea that he had earrings and piercings and tattoos and stuff. It made it made sense until he showed up. And, yeah, uh-huh. I was like, where was Billy Idol? That's who needed to walk in the door. Yes, Billy exactly. Idol. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> no, but, not super relaxed guy in a plaid shirt and pressed khakis. Yeah. <laughs> So a lot, a lot of tropes going on in this episode. Mm -hmm. And you know what? I just realized earlier when I think I misspoke, when the mechanic came in and offered to settle for like half price, Blair is the one that wants to settle. And it's Joe that says, no, no, if if he's going to sue us, it's the principle of the thing. So Joe is the one who actually uh, continues to fight the good fight. And then Blair. Blair's just about the money. Yeah. Absolutely. And the hair and the and, and the hair. frosty, Fashion. frosty eyeshadow. And the nice smoky, grease. smoky lid. Bitch, you yep. fucking work. Yeah. She was stunning. Absolutely stunning. Mm-hmm. Any other final words, Jamie Lynn, before we send you and your beautiful face on your way? Lovely. On my way. <laughs> Out of my closet. Um, no, it was fine, guys. Thanks for having me. And I'm so happy to see your faces. I'm so happy to see yeah. your face, Jamie Lynn. <laughs> There's we miss you terribly. It. We miss the days when we used to work together. And uh, I, the one good thing is, I think we all did appreciate working together. Oh, absolutely. We I- really did have a great time. We enjoyed each other. We did our yeah. work. We found fun in the work. We found fun in each other, all of us, citizens of Hollywood. And I, I think back so fondly, and I don't think back with regret, thinking no. like, oh, we should have done this, should have enjoyed each other more. We really did have a great time. That's the hardest part about the whole thing is the fact that despite it was under whatever corporate umbrella you want to put it under, it was a cast of amazingly talented people that I I get to look back on these days now as, as a, oh my God, I got to do that with yeah. those people. Not, it was a good job. It, I am so fucking honored to have worked with the amount of crazy talent in this town via that stage, via a couple other stages on property as well. But that's that's the the thing that hurts <laughs> is the I don't get to go back to that anymore and work with all of you daily. Jamie Lynn, that's the kindest compliment anyone's ever given me. Well, that was Thank pointed you. directly at you. Oh, I know. Yeah. Thank you. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, You're very kind. You're welcome. Thank you for doing this again. <laughs> Thanks for having me again, guys. Love you, love you, love you. Smooches and goodbye. Goodbyes. And there you have it. That was Jamie Lynn Marcus. So happy to get her back on the show for a return engagement. Next week, we're going to be watching Season 9, Episode 16, The First Time. The big episode, the Natalie losing her virginity episode. We are so looking forward to discussing it, and I am thrilled to tell you that MVP guest Paul Padilla will be joining us. You can watch the episode ahead of time for free at dailymotion.com. I will post the link in the show notes and on this episode's webpage. That's all for now. Thank you so much for listening to this week's show. And remember, 
the facts of life are all about you. Let's Face the Facts was created, produced, written, hosted, and edited by the wonderful David Almeida. Our theme song was beautifully arranged and recorded by Ned Wilkinson. Please visit facethefactspod.com for supplemental photos and videos, links to social media, and ways that you can support the show. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. This is Matthew Arder saying tune in again next week for another thrilling episode of Let's Face the Facts.